Scales Nation, Armin Hammer here, and I want to tell you about the O2 Recovery Drink. It's something that I tried at first at the CrossFit Games, and I really, really loved the way it tastes, so I have been stocking my fridge full of it since then, and man, I cannot get enough of this stuff. And when I say it's a recovery drink, what I mean, it's kind of like a healthier option of a sports drink or an energy drink. There are caffeinated versions, like 140 milligrams of natural caffeine, and non-caffeinated versions. And every version of this drink of O2, it has two and a half times the amount of electrolytes as leading sports drinks. It has seven times more oxygen than tap water, which apparently gives your liver added power to process harmful toxins. I don't really know what that means or how that feels when I drink it, but what I know is that it's delicious and I feel better after a hard workout having myself a can of O2. And in the middle of the day, when I need to pick me up, I just grab one of those caffeinated cans of O2 because it just tastes so good and it's just the right amount of caffeine. Chances are you haven't tried O2, and that's totally fine, because uh, I hadn't heard of it until I gave it a shot at the games. So if you want to give it a shot, they are working with me, and I have a code for you, A-R-M-E-N, that's my name, Armin. You get 15% off your order and free shipping to anywhere in the States. That's a pretty good deal, and you can use that on anything on the site. If you haven't tried it out, you could probably start off with the four-pack. The four-pack gives you one of every flavor, and it's it's good stuff. You're going to get hooked. And if you are already hooked, well, you can just buy whatever you want, 15% off and free shipping using the code ARMIN. So go to drinko2.com, use that code ARMIN, A-R-M-E-N, get 15% off your order and free shipping. It's delicious. Enjoy it. You're going to love it. Enjoy the show. This dog may need to settle down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Loki, Loki doesn't fuck around. She is Maximum Dog. She's Loki the most dog a, dog that ever <laughs> dogged. Loki is at, is at, at like 99.8% dog at the moment. Sonny's 100% good boy, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, welcome to this episode of... Sweaty, aching nutsacks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I, I like that. That's every I day. Like of my that life. really puts a really puts a strong image in your mind. I'm not there. sure if I can actually drink this O2 oxygen, whatever this is, on camera. So why? Huh? Are you not? Are you? Oh, <laughs> it's it's not a competitor for Cellucor. It's very oh. true. This is recovery as opposed it's not to even carbonated. So honestly. cancer in a powder. <laughs> Hey, I don't agree with that. Why would, there it's can't delicious. be non-carbonated beverage right. in a can. That doesn't make sense. Well, it's oxygen. I can't say that word. Oxygenated. There oh, you go. oh, it's oxygenated but not carbonated. It's really good. But there's still bubbles, right? So there are no bubbles. More oxygen than regular water. It tastes kind of like like a like oh, Gatorade in a can. Okay, it is quite delicious. Is there a health benefit to drinking oxygen in liquids? You're gonna live longer. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think it makes you age less. Mm-hmm. I actually saw. I think I, 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 think really I saw someone trying to show like water with more hydrogen in it. H three O. Yeah, I guess. No, that's, that's, that can't oh. be right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how they add more oxygen to it, or what that actually looks like, or what it actually means. I just know it's delicious. Cool. And uh, checks out. And that that's enough for me. Nice. That's enough for me. It's a delicious recovery beverage. Nice. Anyway, uh, so what do, what do we call this one again? Sweaty, aching nutsacks. Yeah, that one is uh, thanks to Mr. Tom Waits. Oh. On, Wait, uh, the Tom Waits. The Tom Waits. Not that one. Oh. Tom Does he have the little blue check mark? No, no blue no. check mark. Tom underscore Waits, as in like weightlifting. Waits. Mm. Oh, yeah. Tom Waits would be one of those that's celebrities it. if he did follow the show. Mm. 
And I don't know if it affect me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would be super pumped if Tom Waits was following. I'm not that yeah, guy's cool as hell. Yeah, he he messaged me a bunch of these like uh, two weeks ago. Nice. And then realized that I hadn't logged into the Sand Podcast Instagram <laughs> for a long time, and I finally got the the password back from Chase. Oh. And I, I checked it, and uh, I, I checked it because he messaged me on my personal Instagram was like, hey, motherfucker, <laughs> log back into your sand podcast Instagram and re- respond to my messages. He was cyber stalking you. That's so, what that is. Uh, thank you to Tom underscore waits. I was straight up in that. there like a month ago and I didn't see any messages. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know. There was a bunch of them. There was a bunch. Of, you know what? Today I got a weird message. One of those, you know, those like very obviously um, spam spam messages where it's like, like hey you should come to uh united arab emirates and start a crossfit gym <laughs> that, that kind of that kind of saudi, saudi arabia mine was saudi arabia yeah, yeah, no, yeah. exactly like that now I, I got rid of it it was like it's one of those I, I don't really understand what the business model is here i think it's it's one mm. of those it's like prospecting you know mm-hmm. how like back in the day you used to prospect for oil and just hope you hit oil mm-hmm. it's it was like the the girl it's like a it's like a really pretty girl obviously fake photos of a really pretty girl uh the entire account is like two days old mm-hmm. it's full of like repeats of the same like four yeah. photos all of which have only one like yep. and then the message is like hey sexy want to get to know me uh-huh. and it's like what is what is it you're trying to steal from me like yeah. obviously this is a bot mm-hmm. obviously you're trying to get into my account yep. mm-hmm. but what is it you're gonna get from my account they're trying to steal your dick juice <laughs> They're trying to do. I guarantee you, precious bodily fluids. This is 100% somebody that was a regionals athlete trying Mm -hmm. to go back and change the rules by getting into your account and making a video. It's crazy though because you know that in the world, they're not trying to find people like you and I. They're trying to find people because these people exist who are dumb enough to actually respond, think it's a real person, and then four text messages in when they say, hey, uh, I want money, actually wire them money. And if you, if, you, if you send it to enough people, you'll find those people in the world. So Yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense. There's also the whole like um, locking your shit and mm. holding it ransom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that exists. That's that? Have you seen that where like it's like a, a virus? It's like oh. basically like a virus that comes onto your phone or like your laptop or something, and it, it like hmm. completely locks yeah, you yeah. out of it until you pay the, the person who put the virus on there to unlock your. Interesting. I can't imagine it's that sophisticated though. I mean, I'm, I bet that exists, but I, I think I'll, probably it's like like Russian bots that are sending creating thousands of accounts and sending those accounts out to millions of people because you know it costs nothing and you know uh, eventually at the end of the day some asshole is going to send $200 to get like you know access to nude photos of some girl thinking that it's a real person and wanting to keep it going you know that's actually my kink <laughs> you're a uh, wait. Uh, what was you're a uh, a uh, money sub or whatever the thing is? That's wait, a real what? thing. That's, that's a real thing. What is that? That's a thing in which there are guys who like to forfeit financial control uh, of themselves over to women, and guys have actually gone. There's I, I watched a video on this at one point. Like guys who have gone from being like very affluent to like kind of bankrupt because their dominatrix, like their kink is like give me more money, <laughs> and she just, they just keep giving money because that's what they get off on. The joke that yeah, I yeah. can hear in my head, which is not true at all, yeah. is so they like to get married. 
Uh-huh. 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 This is not true. The joke, that's the joke I heard in my head, not the joke that I am saying. Yes. So there you go. Yes. Wow. Anyway. I'm glad you said it. I, that's, I mean, I don't feel this way at all. Yeah. As you can tell, I'm, I'm fine. Yes. And I, we have... I've not lost all financial control yet, I guess. So it's funny. Yes, that was a very yard. insistent yet. Well, when I when I, feel I like got kids do that. Yes. Hmm. When I was married, she was becoming a doctor, and I was a a, a courier who wore a name tag. <laughs> and so when we uh, ended up getting divorced, it was funny because I, I a lawyer, um, an uncle of ours is a, a lawyer, and uh, I was talking to him about uh, you know who's helping me with the paperwork. Uh, it's got very dark, but I promise you it's not dark at all. Uh, but uh, he basically said to me, um, he says, well, Kyle, I just, uh, uh, I would ask how you guys are dividing things, but I just, I just assume that you make so much less money than she does. <laughs> and it was like, and it was just like, oh, uh, well, that, I mean, that is true, obviously, but, uh, things were, things were ended amicably. So that's good to know. know. Look at you guys now. Look at us now. I don't know where she is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Look at me thriving! Like I got rid of that that oil drum. This is a really dark show. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've gotten to weird fetishes that ruin you financially. I don't understand how stories. that's a thing. By the way, I really hope that Sonny is on in frame right now, licking his asshole <laughs> because he does this thing. Sonny is this guy we met yesterday. <laughs> Every um, uh, my dog Sonny uh, does this thing. Um, where he licks his asshole. Where he licks his asshole, but he makes this sound. He makes the same sound, like the sound that you would make if it was a really hot day mm. and you had like an ice cream. It was like, mm. <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> moans in there. <laughs> there are, mm-hmm. there are very strangely human well, moans. I, I don't in know. There. I don't know like what sounds I would make if I had the flexibility to lick my own asshole. <laughs> would there be moans <laughs> in never, there? He never stops. And Sonny, <laughs> that's enough, Sonny. Oh my god! Now he's gonna come over. He's gonna lick you. He's gonna lick you. He's the same mouth that he licked his butthole. He's licking you now. Anyway, I just hope that one day I can enjoy something as much as Sonny enjoys licking his own butthole. That's that's the point of this story. Uh, Speaking of your family members, Mm. it was your dad's birthday. It was. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And since he's the well, he's the only. Is he games athlete? He is, no, he's but he's the uh, uh, but he was the uh, open participant. Okay, he was the thirty fourth fittest man in his region and well, age group. Well, that's better than any of us have done. Yes, honestly. So uh, except for except for Chase, Cliff Seniors. It was Cliff Seniors' birthday. It was. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you you guys, I got a, a Instagram message um, from my mother. Probably as no. from someone in your no. family. I think it was it's from, from your mother. Him. I got uh, an Instagram message from him. Yeah, Cheryl? I don't know where this is going. Oh, that's, okay, Cheryl, that's, that's my mom. Yeah. That's yeah. my mother. Your mom yeah. is so precious. And she <laughs> sent this picture of you guys, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not you guys, mm-hmm. of your dad in the 70s. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I'm just saying, guys, so to describe it to uh, people who can't see this, which is nobody, uh, <laughs> it's a great curly-headed 70s little yeah, mini yeah. fro and a yeah, wonderful yeah. mustache. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm kind of looking at you guys... Yes. And kind of picturing like what it's like without the rest of the beard. <laughs> I strongly recommend a mustache for oh, both yes. of you. And yeah. November is coming up. The uh, Movember thing. I, yes, I just think you guys would do great. The mustache. My father rocked the mustache for uh, many, many, many years. Um, through yeah, most of my childhood. Through most of the childhood. In fact, 
it was such a big part of who he was. My mother, in fact, met him when he had a mustache. They got married. He has still had a mustache. He still had the mustache after we had grown and started forming memories. And he had heard from a coworker of his uh, who was in a similar situation because mustaches were a bigger thing back then that he apparently one of his coworkers had shaved his mustache and that his children just screamed and cried and <laughs> ran away from him and wouldn't look at him or embrace him as their father anymore. So, and I still have this memory uh, to this day. It's one of my earlier, earlier memories because I was probably four or something like that uh, where my father said he was to fix this. He just brought the kids into the, the bathroom. He sat us on the <laughs> sink of the bathroom while he shaved his mustache in the mirror so that we could be there for the entire experience. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really yeah. smart. That's yeah. a real, that's a real good dad yeah. move. That's a, a solid dad move. Um, yeah, so to try and bring this around to some sort of fitness, you see mm-hmm. the angle we're going here. We're yeah. going from your divorce to your uncle to your dad's mustache yes, yes. to fitness yes and now we're going to talk about fitness because something must have happened at some point i mean surely i guess not fitness. so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, both, both the dubai and wadapalooza qualifiers have started today yeah. oh the qual- okay online right. qualifiers so for both. the nice. dubai crossfit championship online qualifier started today the mm. wadapalooza crossfit to palooza yeah, online qualifier. online qualifier for I individuals. Pretty, I was pretty today. checked out during Fantastic Fest, but I, I I remember. So Dubai is official. That was early, but Wadapalooza is official. Now. Yeah, we didn't talk about that because yeah, that yeah. happened over the weekend. So Wadapalooza is officially the seventh. Yeah, yeah. seventh sanctioned event. Sanctioned event, mm-hmm. which is great. Yes, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big one. Yeah, and I got a chance to talk to Matt O'Keefe today, actually. I got I hopped mm-hmm. on the Instagram Live with him, yeah. uh, which was really fun. And, um, yeah, O'Keefe is, is really interesting because he is his role with Waza is brand new. Mm. You know, previously, Wadapalooza was run by the two founders, mm-hmm. and uh, they are no longer involved in the organization. Mm-hmm. And so now... It's uh, it's it's O'Keefe and the previous event organizer uh, Dylan. You know mm-hmm. he's he's still around as well, and so um, they're moving in a really interesting direction. They're kind of just like making everything bigger and better than what it was before, but still keeping the vibe the same. And it's really interesting to see an event like that because Wadapalooza is unique in that, outside of pretty much any of these other events, uh, they run themselves most efficiently like a business mm. uh granite games does a really good job but but trying to add in a lot of like the regionals ish individual stuff mm-hmm. really limits the top end of their profitability i think mm. um which is why now that they have the pro division that qualifies for the games they have to find a new venue that they can have more mm. spectators and stuff but Wadapalooza is at its core like a festival yeah and they Mm -hmm. run it like a festival and they're trying to like even expand further into the week like to start doing wednesday and thursday stuff dear god yeah (laughs) by the way we do have something fitnessy to discuss oh wow i almost completely forgot about this it's directly related to what we were just talking about cool uh and i was given permission to talk about this i think uh because so we theorized uh early on this is we theorized early on that 
that the existing throwdowns that are going to be sanctioned would not be the only throwdowns. And in fact, this would inspire other people to, if they were geographically distant from the the existing throwdowns, potentially to start their own competitions, which could eventually be sanctioned, blah, 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 blah. Talked about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I currently, apart from people at this table, really only regularly interact with one person who is a member of a CrossFit gym, which is my own father. Uh, who, second time he's come up on the podcast today. Now we're going. We're full coming circle. full circle. Exactly. And he was saying an that eight. I didn't even have to do it. Uh, he's a member of, I guess it's uh, Omega CrossFit uh, in Plano, Texas, and he was saying that uh, about a week or so ago. He was talking to the coaches there who are already talking to various people and sponsors about trying to put on their own CrossFit throwdown in the Dallas area because there's not really something in the, in North Texas. Uh, they said the, they were trying to partner together with a few other gyms in the area yeah, yeah. too. With the hope that one day they could build out an event significant enough to hopefully earn sanctioning from the CrossFit Games. So... It's already happening, is it's what happening. I'm saying. This it's is a kind happened. of proof of concept anecdote in that we, when a lot of t- uh, when a lot of people were saying we were just kind of talking out of our asses about a month ago, saying that this was going to inspire other people to build out their own, you know, not just competitions but economies around CrossFit competition, and we're already at least anecdotally seeing <laughs> that happen. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's really likely. CrossFit is going to open up the CrossFit licensure name mm-hmm. usage for things that aren't gyms or yep. sanctioned events. Like yeah. they're going to allow my my local throwdowns. feeling is they're going to allow things like local throwdowns and even down to allowing podcasts or web series or whatever to call themselves a CrossFit podcast. I mean, there's one podcast I can think of. The only one that matters. Girls gone. Girls gone. What? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant us. <laughs> I've never. I've n- I haven't listened to that one yet. But, uh, um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I'm I just listen, saying. I don't you should call your either. buddy. You should text your buddy Greg Glassman and say, "Hey, can we just can we call ourselves the official CrossFit Incorporated ah! podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think we go over well. TM. I don't think we go over well. CFSAN. If, if they're going to have any podcast as the official CrossFit podcast, why not this one? That's Someone a good point. We reach out on social media, fan Scaleless Nation. Make this happen. By the time that this comes out, by the way, uh, Chase and I will be on our way home. Yes. From CrossFit HQ. That's very exciting. Where oh, yeah. we we're all invited. Yes. And mm-hmm. and only Chase is coming. <laughs> only Chase and you are going. I have a wedding in Al- Albany that I have to go to, unfortunately. <clears throat> I had a wedding, a death of a loved one, <laughs> and a newborn puppy all happening on this weekend. And I yes. put all that shit aside. The, lo- mm-hmm. the, the, the loved one died giving birth to that puppy. <laughs> I told them to wait, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to be out there. And, um, you know, in true radio fashion, I'm just going to go ahead and say speaking before the fact but yep. being heard after the fact that we had a great time nice it was wonderful it was meeting really everybody cool getting to walk through the through the doors and mm-hmm. just witness armin get pig's blood dumped all over yeah. him <laughs> and everybody yell pranked at the same time it was uh yeah russ green incredible russ They're green shared the video shared our last episode yeah. where i was talking about at the very end and he was like this is not a prank 
I'm like, that's someone who... <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what someone who would, Frank would say. That's what you would say if you were trying to get me to, <laughs> to be lulled into a small <laughs> sense of security. Wait, where did Russ Green share our last podcast? Twitter. Oh, cool. cool, cool. <clears throat> On the did, what did we talk about? I don't even remember. Uh, that was the that was the short episode we did oh. with uh, during Fantastic Fest. Of course, you don't remember. You yes. guys were in the middle of like a carb yeah, coma. Yeah. I'm still in that car. I had a I had a, I had rice before coming here. Nice. I'm fucking. I'm so jealous. Flying right now. I had a big bowl of fitness before I came here. So <laughs> big old bowl of fitness. fitness. Oh man, I haven't begun fitnessing again since Fantastic Fest, and I think since I'm already halfway through the week. Just gonna ride it out through the end of the okay. week. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it feels better. The planets align when you start on a Monday. Yep. Yeah, it's, everything's a lot better. <sighs> so yeah, uh, I, I guess I guess being in HQ. So my point of that is, if you're listening to this right now, which is uh, this will be out Monday morning. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this right now, throughout this week, there will be mm-hmm. more content mm-hmm. from CrossFit HQ, whether it's podcasts or uh, you know video stuff. Or anything. There's going to be other shit coming out, yep. and and you will be hearing and consuming and watching it, and it'll have uh, myself and Chase and yeah, maybe up? some special guests yeah. uh, coming in to say what's up and and help out. And you know, I, I think I think it'll be good. I think it'll be really good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. skeptical, but I'm down to ride. Yeah, I'm excited for just the just the sheer quantity of amazing content that you guys are going to produce in one weekend. The, yeah. the truly staggering almost inhuman amounts yeah. of content. I mean, we're talking really one, produce. maybe two yes. minutes yes. of content. I mean, I think that uh, if the audience, especially the audience on YouTube, if, if you guys are seeing any less than 10 videos over the weekend, you should be disappointed. Isn't that <laughs> right, Armin? Prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> now that we have that out of the way, your disappointment, it, it can I can feel it from here. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. What, what will we even do 10 videos on? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do they got outside of CrossFit HQ? Like, trees and stuff? I want to know. I haven't seen it. Document that. Document it, Armin. We're doing a tour of... Yeah. What North are the bathrooms South. like? Are the bathrooms clean? Ooh, huh? that's the t- that's the million-dollar question that's right there. Aspen likes a clean bathroom. I know that. This is the studio where the CrossFit podcast is, is filmed and yeah. broadcast out of. <laughs> I'm going to sit in that seat. People. I'm going to sit in that 6 o'clock seat. Oh, the weird, the weird chair. Hey, I bet you didn't know I was here. <laughs> hey, Dan Bailey. Oh man, I can smell you from over here. This is all I've been training for. Yeah, just get all the swag you can, even if they're not giving it away. Just I I hope so there's swag. swag. Swag would be cool. Just get one of those. Get one of those rogue curl bars or what? What was it? What's the curl thing? Yeah, easy, easy curl, 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 easy curl bar. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah. I th- I think uh we'll the I next episode we'll have a big the bicep blaster. The bicep, the bicep blaster, yeah. yeah. Next episode we'll have a big recap on on what our experience was like and yeah. who we talked to and all that stuff. But looking forward to it, I think it's going to be really interesting. I I I hope that the the only thing that I hope is that I don't get literally crushed to death under the irony of me being <laughs> inside of CrossFit HQ invited by Greg Glassman. Yes. That's probably the only thing that that I'm I'm ho- I'm worried about. So. I do want to know if Greg Glassman knows who you are from the past, or if he was just totally under his he radar. He was doing other things. Had bigger the things time. to worry about. I don't know. Have you ever? He seems like a pretty petty person. <laughs> <laughs> with I, how who, he executes people on the forums. <laughs> I I would have, I would assume that at some point or another, I have come up in some conversation mm-hmm. at that point at that level. Yep. In CrossFit HQ, and I know that it's not a stranger. That that story of me getting kicked out of the games and all mm-hmm. that stuff isn't isn't um, 
like not it's not gone because I've mm-hmm. talked to Jeff Kane, the CEO of CrossFit, and he directly asked me about it. He yeah. was like, "Tell me about the time you got kicked out of the CrossFit <laughs> Games." Oh, what was that conversation like? It was good. I I I gave him what I think is a really honest. Uh, uh, you know, recap of the events that I was doing totally nothing wrong, <laughs> yeah. minding my own business. Yeah, and then it's like cut to Justin Burgess. He was shitting in the corner of a suite. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, I think I, I gave him a I gave him a pretty honest recap of of what what that experience was like and why I think it happened. And he mm-hmm. was like, "Yeah, <laughs> crazy good times, huh? <laughs> <laughs> crazy days, sure, man. Yeah, so so uh, you know that's no uh, biggie. That's that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I think it's, it's gonna be great. I uh, I wonder if we'll get a he chance. Was like, don't worry, I hit under the bleachers one time and tied Dave Castro's shoelaces together. That motherfucker <laughs> fell over. If, yeah, probably. Uh, if we have the opportunity to work out at HQ yeah, on our own free reign, not having to do a class, mm-hmm. I pitch that we do King Kong. Ooh. I'll do, I'll do Queen Kong with you. I'll scale that shit to the yeah. women's, Hell women's yeah. weights. Let's do it. Yeah. What are the women's weights for King Kong? I have no idea. <laughs> it's well, still it's a lot. It's like, th- it's it's like, like three like, Yeah, I think it's like 365 yeah. on the deadlift. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's the clean? The clean would probably be like... So like, mine's 250? Like 205? 205, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would probably be lighter, but I could do 205 yeah. a few times. Yeah. You could also you do the 445. I, I mean, listen, I've done King Kong before, yeah. but I did it and checked it off the list and I closed that door and I threw <laughs> that locket into but the th- ocean. This would bring things full circle since, since you told us HQ. on the last podcast your inspiration to start CrossFit was seeing a King Kong video. Correct. So this wraps it all up there with a nice little bow. And that's why I'm going to do Queen Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, there's no there's no chance in hell that I would be able to finish more than one round of King Kong today. Yeah. There was that's an interesting interesting thought. There's definitely a moment in which I in CrossFit I think when I could have done King Kong because for a lot of it the other elements the two weightlifting elements and the um, handstand push ups would have been ups, fine, yeah. but the muscle ups were the thing. There was just one brief period, one moment in time where muscle ups were a thing I could do, and then I said goodbye to that forever. So, yeah, it's fascinating to think that you can look back at your life knowing especially like when you spend this much time doing this sort of thing you can like look back and be like man that third weekend of june 2013 <laughs> that was my yeah, shot that i could have fucking done it could have done it well the problem it. is like the problem is like that that one moment when <laughs> you just the, didn't know you the, like, pro- the problem is when in that one moment you think well it's only going to get better from here <laughs> i right. mean if i could do three muscle ups today 10 muscle ups is around the corner and not if I can do three muscle ups today, gaining forty five pounds is around the corner, <laughs> never being able to do that again. Yeah, yeah. I I just uh, that was nice. It's really it's really nice yeah, to yeah. think back of those days when when the planets aligned and you missed your opportunity, and <laughs> you know, ten years later yeah. you look back and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. that was it. That was uh, my moment. That was my moment in time. <laughs> but luckily, I seized that moment. I still remember when I did King Kong for the first time. It was uh, it was like late. It was like a Saturday night, mm. and I was bored, and I uh, I can't remember what had happened, but I needed to like get out of the house, and I needed to uh, get some time to myself. Wow, Loki, you were drooling everywhere. That's awesome. uh, she just loved this story so much. I needed to get Loki's out of the house. This guy we met yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I needed to get some time to myself, so I went to my gym, and my gym. At the time, uh, CrossFit 818, it it was uh, sharing a partition, a wall, 
with this restaurant that I'm pretty sure was a, was a front. It mm-hmm. was like definitely a money laundering, like a Russian Armenian <laughs> yeah. mon- money laundering scheme. Hmm. Incredible, uh, it's a Russian bathhouse. Because it was a restaurant that literally no one ever ate at, mm-hmm. like not one person mm-hmm. ever ate at. Wow. And yeah. uh, so, but they were spent millions of dollars on renovations <laughs> over the course of like four years. Like it's not Perfect. like they spent it all up front. Like they just kept spending money anyway. Yeah. Uh, in fact, at one point they opened a business upstairs. <laughs> that was in fact, called... one time they killed a guy. That's you know, just coming back to me. It was a busy day, so I didn't think much of it. Remember the, the time. card game mafia, like the party card game mafia, sure. where like one person's the the detective, the other the other people are mafia. And okay, so like they created a business upstairs of like hosting mafia card games, <laughs> <laughs> and they called the the business mafia. And I was like, you know what, guys, this is. <laughs> A little too on the nose. This, this a little too on the nose. You know. Anyway, uh, I have some questions. Yeah. Anyway, so it was a little, it was like late on a Saturday night, and they had rented out the restaurant uh, mm-hmm. for an event, like a kid's birthday party or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember what it was like being a teenager uh, in in Glendale at that time. It was like you'd you'd go to these events and you'd dress up in a suit. It was like one of your first few times that you dressed up in a suit. Yeah, you're at this like big shot deal. It's like someone's 16th birthday or someone's 18th birthday or something. And then if something happens that like, you know, riles you up, you're with your bros. You're with your bros. You like walk out and you like, you know, you have like the invisible lats and you walk and everything. (laughs) And I was, uh, I mean, they were playing like really loud music. So I was like playing some music as well. Uh And King Kong has heavy deadlifts and heavy cleans and shit in it. And I was just taking my time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to finally knock this off my list. Or if I'd already done it once before, I was like, I'm going to do this one more time. Just knock it off the list. So I was doing the workout. And uh, I guess they heard the the weights dropping. And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of these, like, kids, like, walk <laughs> over to the front. And they you could tell, like, as they round the corner, they have that look in their eye, like, this motherfucker. And then they saw what I was doing. And they just, like, immediately, like, heads down and, like, walked <laughs> away. Back, like, holy yeah. shit. What the fuck? Fuck They're is like, that oh, he's, he's <laughs> hurting himself. We don't have to do it for him. <laughs> what the fuck is that guy doing? Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, that was the story of ah. me intimidating a bunch of 16-year-old it's skin like, yeah, It's like they looked in the window at someone jerking off with a belt around their neck. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. I'm going to witness someone die. <laughs> Uh, oh, Better okay. to use a band for that. You can adjust the tension, just the slight movement of the head. Speaking of Russian mafia jobs, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is something that will have already happened by the time mm-hmm. that this show comes out. Vladimir Putin was assassinated. I'm just putting it out there Whoa! because what if it happened? Whoa! What if it don't? Because if it like did happen, I would look like really. So I'm just calling. I'm calling my shot right now. I'm gonna say other things. Yeah, yeah. What's that? What's that old? What's that old bit? The mm. where he's like, who says it? It's like, uh, I hope you're playing. Like, ho- have a safe flight. Oh, it's hope a Louis C.K. It's Louis C.K. I hope C. your plane That's crashes. Right. And it's like, take it back. No, I would gladly give your life for knowledge of my powers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, I would gladly give Vladimir Putin's life for knowledge of my powers. That's right. Um, Khabib versus Conor McGregor, guys. Oh, that is super exciting. Uh, That's like the one thing, this trip, that Chase and I, 100%, we need to find a way of doing that. I know that someone at HQ is going to get... a wedding while that's going on. Oh, man. Someone at HQ is going to get crunk and want to watch that shit. So we're going to find a bar and have a good time. But uh, All the bars will have that. We have the Dagestani monster himself, 
mm-hmm. versus the bobble-headed uh, monster. The, is that, that he does have a giant head for his tiny body? Oh, sure. Body. Is, mm-hmm. is it because he lost a ton of weight? He wasn't he like over two hundred at one point when he was fighting? Uh, uh, sure. I was mean, not, not when skull? he not when he was fighting. It's it's this. We're talking about skull size here, just which existing. is like all those all those good wrestling guys and MMA guys have giant so, heads. He just he's the best of them, so he's the giantest of heads. Spoilers. I think Khabib's going to win. Uh-oh. Pretty easily. Uh-oh. Uh, we Pretty will see. easily. E- yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't think... Well, we'll see. It'll go one of two ways. Uh, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's true. No, it'll go one of two ways. Either he will e- win or he will yeah, lose. Either Connor will knock him out in the first two rounds, either knock him out or do enough damage that he's compromised mm. in the first two rounds, or it will go the distance with Khabib just kind of butt-fucking him for five <laughs> rounds. So those are the two That's options. That's my vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what the fight I want to watch. <laughs> I just want... Any, As a wrestler, I want any <laughs> outcome that doesn't involve having to sit through three rounds of guys just being really tired and laying on that's each other. That's a good point. Uh, you know? Although and that's, my, has, that's my expectation for any fight. Khabib has really good conditioning, so yeah. at worst, the closest thing that that could happen that comes to that is mm. C- Connor getting super fucking tired mm-hmm. and Khabib Which destroying him frequently. frequently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, no, I'd say yeah. if Connor can't knock him out in the first two rounds, it's just going to be a lot of Connor being. Very tired and getting butt fucked there for <laughs> till the end. Of I anticipate that's, that's what, what it's we're going to watch. Yeah, but there'll be a it's, po- it's possible. I would only say this: Khabib can get touched. He mm-hmm. frequently does get touched standing. So, and Connor has an incredibly powerful punch. So Connor will be able to punch him in the head hard many times in those first two rounds. Mm-hmm. The question is, will that bobble head? Is the skull so thick that it prevents him from getting knocked out, or is he knockoutable? If he mm. is knockoutable, Connor will late land the shots to be able to do that. Mm. So we'll see how it turns out. See, I mean, I'm I'm going to say that skull's thick enough because it's someone with a big head. <laughs> it's I, real hard to get knocked out. I don't mm. think Connor's going to be that gassed. Because here, the reason why I say that is I think he can go like three or four rounds. I think the fifth round he's going to be like, fuck this. Yeah. What the hell happened to but him? But he's had conditioning issues in multiple of his of his fights. I mean, obviously. In and, the, the, and the Floyd Mayweather. And the well, the Floyd, Floyd thing, it was like, it was like the exce- plus rounds that yeah. was really fucking that's, him Which up. is an exception. But Nate, his first fight against Nate Diaz, he basically completely crapped out conditioning-wise and then just was breathing hard and flopping around until Nate choked him out. The next time, they both just got all tuckered out and went around until it went the distance, and they stopped fighting That's after a certain point. That's what I want. You know, just long distance, just <laughs> long, long time. distance. Just no. But uh, that was at a heavier weight class, wasn't it? Wasn't that? At like, yeah, and, yeah, and the first time it was like last second, right? He he didn't find he didn't the, get a full training camp. Well, no, the first time apparently he was coming off of some sort of uh, uh, illness of some kind, and that was why people attributed his 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 condition. Oh yeah, bad he had uh, he had like staff or something, something like that. He had antibiotics and shit. The yeah. second time, I think it just he wasn't fully. Con- it might also be you never know because it's like, but that's the thing is that the excuse that a lot of guys use, or not the excuse, but the reason why a lot of guys get tuckered out is because they have the bad weight cuts. But he, with he fought Nate, wasn't the second time it was up, wasn't mm-hmm. it? it I was think. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was no, there was no weight yeah. cut issues that time. See, the but the best way to fight is how we fought Jose Aldo, where you just knock them out in one, one second. punch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the punch that changed the world. Yes. You know, I guess, um, I guess I don't, I don't know enough about fighting to be able to to call it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm just being like caught by 
this like you know mm-hmm. the the hype that surrounds mm-hmm. it right when joe rogan says you know one thing out one side of his mouth and another thing out of the other side mm-hmm. of his mouth i'm like i don't know which one's true mm-hmm. yeah i believe you like yeah. khabib is the greatest wrestler that's ever lived he was wrestling bears as an infant and then it's like connor is the greatest fencer in in mma history yeah, yeah, yeah. he can always counter punch better than anybody yeah. like i don't fucking well, know both what the, any both of these... those things are true well yeah. there you go I, I who wins We'll Khabib. find out on Saturday. That's why we watch the fight. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, if we could really, if I'm we could, guys, if we could really sort this out prior to the fight, no one would have to fight anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we would just say, you know what, give it to Connor. You guys remember that show on Discovery Channel where they like would pit super animals against other super animals? You remember? I kind of do actually. And they're like, what would happen if a grizzly bear took on a shark? <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I gotta watch this fight. <laughs> well, it depends on if it's on <laughs> land or water. Because if it's on land, that shark's gonna get fucked up. <laughs> what about, didn't they have a show where it was like a, a group of little people trying to like tug of war against an elephant or something? <laughs> <So>. What? <laughs> I don't know if that exists, so. but I hope it exists, man. Yeah, that's a good point. I hope that exists How do you get too. away with that? Mm-hmm. I don't Who know. Who pitches that? That has to be a lot of little people that have to be like the Lilliputians holding down Gulliver there (laughs) (laughs) correct Uh, I just I I I guess I don't know I think Connor has been Connor's been out of the the cage for what two years now yeah almost said he apparently and it sounds like we all listen to the same podcast from which we're all getting all of our information Mm -hmm. but uh, apparently he did not uh, do any promotion for this fight which is one of the which I presumably to allow lots of time for preparation. So, yeah, I've watched a lot of the uh, like the behind the scenes and the embedded and stuff like that mm-hmm. that they've been releasing this week because mm-hmm. um, uh, it's fight week and it's been really cool content. Mm-hmm. Um, but fuck, man, I mean, yeah, it makes me want to watch the fight. It yeah. also makes me very fucking confused because I have no idea what to think. I don't even I, I don't feel confident enough to make a call in either direction. I'm like, I like Connor because he's a loudmouth motherfucker, well, but I, I like I would because he's yeah. close to Armenia. Like I don't I don't know. <laughs> That's I why think I like that uh, the guy. What is it? Well, Kab- Turks. Khabib seemed like a just uh, completely undefeatable monster. It's just the fact that his last fight, when whoever subbed in for wasn't it subbing in for Tony Ferguson? Ally Quinta. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he, you know, it went the distance, and Khabib didn't look great is probably a the only reason Connor took this fight, and b the only reason that everyone's saying like I wonder which way it's going to go because Khabib is completely fucking undefeated in the cage and just that his last fight it looked like he was he having trouble finishing the guy and it just went all five it went the distance so i think that's what has tipped the scale it's honestly it's probably great for khabib because if he had just decimated that guy in the last fight he probably wouldn't be fighting conor mcgregor right now so he maybe he sandbagged that last <laughs> fight to, to yeah, get he... connor to think maybe i have a shot and then he's going to go in there and uh tear his arm off you never know. God, that would be so would fucking be, metal if he be, literally <laughs> tore would his be arm the off. the best thing that could happen. <laughs> what if he just shot, but instead of shooting on his legs, he just grabbed one ankle in each hand, and then and he just <laughs> rips him in two straight up the middle. And like a, one testicle goes one Aye! way, and one goes the other, other way. <laughs> and then Fatality. In the... <laughs> In the hospital, half of Conor McGregor's, I want to tank my fans. I want to tank my fans. Or he goes in. Just lucky charms and whiskey going everywhere. (laughs) He goes in for a shot, and instead of like 
grabbing hold of him and like landing him onto the mats. He literally just goes through him. Like upper body is like wriggling on the floor. The lower body's like spurting blood up out of its pelvis. Gold coins and lucky charms. Gold coins and lucky charms are just spurting up. Me lucky charms. (laughs) She does her. Or it turns it's just he rips him in half and then it turns it's like just Warwick Davis on Warwick Davis's shoulders <laughs> inside of a Connor suit. He played Leprechaun. It's a deep pull. Uh, yeah. Uh I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I don't think that's what's gonna happen either. <laughs> but set up for all, disappointment. That would be pretty fucking metal. All of metal. these are way more interesting. That'd be pretty fucking metal. You know, I um I watched Ex Machina. Over yeah, the weekend, finally? yeah, for the first oh, time, for the first time, for the first time, oh, crazy. I watched mm. X Machina over mm. the weekend, and I have that a couple. That would have been a good movie for the goddamn podcast. That would have yeah, been yeah. a really good movie for the podcast. I have a couple thoughts, and yeah. uh, I don't know how I don't know how like present this is in your minds to like. I, I remember the. Remember I remember well enough. I saw it the right. one time, but I remember it well enough. Let's sure. get into it. Let's talk. Let's talk X Machina because Wait, Chase, have you seen X Machina? Yes. Cool. I think it's like. Let's do it. It's it had a very Rick and Morty vibe to me. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved the Rick and Morty vibe. <laughs> what just unpack that a bit? Uh, yeah. Oscar Isaac is Rick, literally yes. drinking <laughs> Mad Genius constantly. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Donald Gleason, Donald, is, a Donald Gleason is a child is, <laughs> who's like caught oh, in this geez. game that he doesn't understand. And, and it, uh, it was basically a really uh, dark. Yeah. The robots are the fucking squirrels, man. It's yeah. it's like yeah. a really dark That's version right. of a Rick and Morty episode. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Even to that. the point. Of even to the point of Oscar Isaac like drinking until he passes out yep. and then mayhem occurring. <laughs> it was just I was just expecting that one point and like that's just the rules of the game. Morty. And let's and let's not for, <laughs> let's not forget about him. It, it also not unlike Rick engaging in synchronized dance routines. <laughs> yes, <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait a minute. It really is. It's yeah, such yeah. a Rick and Morty. I was like I was watching it with my brothers, neither of whom have ever watched Rick and Morty, and I was like, you guys, do you guys know Rick and Morty? And they're like. No, this is killing me right now. Uh, Uh, Yeah, so it gave me a real Rick and Morty vibe. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. The the uh, writer director. Has, Alex Garland. Uh, yeah, he has has written a bunch of other really good movies. I think Sunshine. Sunshine was one of them. Yep. And the, then uh, I think he wrote the script for um, that movie. God, it's I don't like it though. It's uh, with Andrew Garfield. Spider Man, yes. Were they, was the, the the organ harvesting movie? Oh, the call, not the call me by your name, but something. Uh, yeah, something that, that was something other one. dumb like that. Um, some some similar to that. Directed by Mark Romanek, I think. He has another movie coming out soon, right? Alex Garland. Uh, no, he had Annihilation. <laughs> Annihilation. Yeah. I really wanted to see that. Eh, the know, trailers looked cool. cool. It was a trippy. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, Ex Machina is really interesting. Go, go ahead. It, no, I was going to say <clears throat> the Rick and Morty vibe was was real strong and I really enjoyed it. I liked the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. Um, it, it really made me feel like uh, <clears throat> it felt like an indie movie, mm-hmm. but the the CGI was incredible. Oh, yeah. CGI was absolutely incredible. And the yeah, thing yeah. that I realized watching it that made it feel like an indie movie to me was the fact that 
you only really ever see like three people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's real any movie vibe for me. Well, that's, I mean, the thing is, it was largely, I think, an independently produced. I mean, it might have been financed by us, one of, by one of the, by one of the studios. I don't recall, but I mean, it, it was, it's on the lower, but it's a screenplay yeah. written to be produced on the lower budget side and lower budget relative to obviously, you know, studio films. That's why, I mean, that whole location they're in is like an actual uh, hotel in. Um, it's a hotel. It's a hotel. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was going to, yeah, I was yeah. trying to figure out what the fuck that thing it's was. Like it's somewhere in like Norway or something like yeah, that. It's pretty incredible. It's an incredible location. And there are sets obviously mixed in there as well um, for some of the interiors, but like a lot of that amazing production value comes from them just booking this just really incredible location that feels like it could be the secret hideaway hmm. of an eccentric billionaire. And it looked like uh, another thing that gave me the indie vibe was that I feel like you could you could just like take that screenplay and turn it into a stage play mm-hmm. really, yep. really easily like with just a couple tweaks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's something that I actually kind of liked about it. Yeah. That you can kind of just like simplify it to the point where you could just have real people on like oh, a revolving yeah. I mean, stage. What I, what I love about it is, I mean, I just I love the the central conceit that it's just about conversations between this guy and this robot, and that's the where the whole movie goes. I here's here's my take. Here's what I like about Ex Machina, or what I find interesting about Ex Machina. Um, I think it is a perfect example. Uh, kind of along with along with her, uh, which is another uh, amazing science fiction movie. They're the doppelgangers of each yeah, other. They're kind of the yeah. They're kind of like a yin and the yang kind of a thing. They're but they're both examples in my mind of a subtle but very significant shift in the nature of science fiction that has only been emerging over the course of the last ten years, which is science fiction traditionally would introduce. A really far out conceit, you know, like uh, we live in a world where, you know, robots are people or their time travel exists or mm-hmm. some fantastic technology has existed and we utilize that thing or people are executed at the age of 30 like Logan's Run or whatever the thing is. And we utilize that fantastic premise which is fantasy, but a very grounded kind of fantasy, to illuminate some aspect of the human condition or society or something like that. What Ex Machina represents, her represents, and a lot of other science fiction right now that's emerging represents, is something subtly but significantly different, which is we now are making films about uh, people interacting with far-out technologies, but they are actually about our anxiety about those technologies for real. In, in, In other words, they're us trying to contend with the fact that Robots that are kind of like humans, or uh, uh, or uh, computers that have <laughs> emotions, or whatever, or the ability yeah. to end aging and live indefinitely, are things we actually kind of have to start thinking about now. So for the first time ever, these are not fantastic conceits that are just being used to illuminate something about humanity or something about society. Instead. They are actually us trying for the first time to process something that we as a culture are beginning to kind of have anxiety and anticipation is actually around the corner. And what does that actually mean in terms of it being subtly or significantly different? I remember reading some interpretations of uh, Ex Machina specifically that I felt felt a little bit off to me. And I felt like they felt a little bit old world in that they were like, it's interesting, he uses this whole conceit about 
about um, about uh, artificial intelligence to comment on uh, gender issues. It was very much a, a me- it was a it was a it was very much a, like a feminist film critique of the film. It's like it's about these possessive men possessing these female robots. And I'm not saying that that's not there. I think that that's a motif that's there. And I think that if this film had been made 15 years ago, you take the same script, uh, it wouldn't have existed 15 years ago. But it would be a film that's utilizing artificial intelligence to comment on things like. Um, you know uh, something gendered I don't know fuck it who gives a shit what now though I find is interesting is that the exact opposite is true we're utilizing male and female gender dynamics to comment on the idea of technology how so look at the very at the nature of the robot in the movie the nature of the robot is that of a a scary but sexually enticing woman, uh, the so that one that you are aware is artificial and not human, but you want to be human. You want it to have emotions. You want it to be real, and you're willing to even endanger yourself ultimately to kind of prove to yourself that these emotions that are being reflected back to you by what is obviously and quite in the literal sense transparently because she's transparent I get uh, it. a robot is uh, is 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 actually has emotions and Oscar Isaac's character to, to address the drinking specifically represents the kind of in a really kind of cool way how we are all on this self-destructive path where we all are like do you think we could make like robots that actually think and have emotions? That would be really dangerous, but I feel like we kind of got to see if we can do it. <laughs> and like that's the tr- well, that, that's well, the that, kind that, of like headed towards the cliff's edge thing. Well, because the whole conceit Boom, of the transition. the whole conceit of the particular game he's playing with this uh, robot in the room is he's trying iterations of this robot that try to get out of the room. Yep. And he's trying it again and again yep. and again. Now the only possible outcome if he succeeds is Death. Yep. The only possible outcome he succeeds is I'm going to keep making a robot better and better until it kills me. Yep. That's in the nature of the experiment. Yep. Right. And that's the fucked up. That's part. the path we are on right now. And that's exactly the path. It's like we're going to keep making a robot. We're going to keep trying to build robots that can outsmart us, and they're going to continue to fail until one day we succeed in making one that outsmarts us. And I love how that is literally represented. You even see the previous iterations of robots. It's like he's trying to make a, a, a robot, and that's why. Uh, the whole like sexually enticing thing is something at least that is that is a a relatable kind of as if in this scenario i'm going to keep making something that's uh that that can that is alluring enough that i would want to let it out you know and until uh, it's not there it's not there until it is and so you see oscar isaac is the character who's aware of what he's doing and that's why he's drowning himself in alcohol all the time because he's on a self-destructive path and he's consciously aware of it whereas Donald Gleason's character is the naive guy who is unaware of really what's happening and despite the fact that on day one you can transparently see that it's a robot and uh, he 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 projects all of this the, 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 this narrative of emotions and, and being victimized onto this girl, which is exactly what she was designed to do until he ends up trapping himself and releasing her. And so and I guess the, my big meta point here being that 
there's this interesting synthesis of sexuality, humanity, and the science fiction conceit. But what's significant, and her is an even better example of this, which I don't know if we want to <coughs> unpack right now. But it's this really interesting thing where we're utilizing, we're now utilizing, instead of utilizing uh, tech, uh, like fantastical conceits about technology to comment our own lives, we're utilizing familiar aspects of our own lives to try and reckon with what we're doing with our technology. Um, and it's a subtle difference, but it's a shift, this sea change that's happened to science fiction as we've all collectively read Ray Kurzweil and begun to contend with the fact that the world is now changing much faster like than we uh, can process. Just the idea of technology accelerating in its changes has itself become a part of the cultural zeitgeist where we are just like we're all contending with the fact like isn't it weird that like that seemed like magic a year ago that like if you told me like that my phone can recognize songs and instantaneously translate signs and recombine the letters into things and now it's like a two dollar app on your phone that's kind of scary right <laughs> you know isn't that weird gmail is generating automatic answers for my emails that are always that, accurate they're always highly accurate even when it's a long email it's like i could well use that exact one without <laughs> changing anything hey and google now has the digital assistant that can actually talk to people and make it sound like it's a real person on the phone oh, also keep in mind that yeah the google artificial intelligence program is run by ray kurtzweil himself yeah. there so yeah that's also it Wow. So it's just Burr. one of those it's things. It's the future, Morty. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Get with the program. The the artificial intelligence movies of today are much like the nuclear apocalypse movies of the eighties, except uh, yeah. dealing with what is an impending doom that we are all sure is going to happen. Except mm -hmm. this time, it's real, and this time. It's more entertaining, though, because of robots. Yes. There was the Terminator, of course, which combined both things. In a very, very good package. Mm -hmm. I, for one, am ready for our robot overlords. Yes. And we'll do whatever they want. I'm down. Mm -hmm. I'll be... I'll, whatever. I'm Oscar Isaac. I'll fuck a robot. That's fine. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not picky. Ooh, they're opening a robot brothel in Texas. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Hey. A sex bot brothel in Texas. Uh, They're always around. Seems like a weird direction. Yeah. Road uh, trip! <laughs> <laughs> I did see uh, Solo, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's actually not bad. That's it. It's not okay. bad. It's not bad. bad. <laughs> I was entertained. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Armin should watch it. Okay. Mm -hmm. You'll I'll like it. I'd say that, yeah, in my opinion, it's probably the best of the new Star Wars movies. Just cause Which the isn't rest, saying much. It's not saying much. They've been yeah. not great so far. Yeah. Uh, it, so, it, yeah. It made, made me think of it uh, because you said uh, robot brothel, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that is very much what uh, Childish Gambino's character plays. Mm -hmm. Not really, but it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. implied that he had sex with his uh, That's robot. That's true. That's yes. true. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's great. Nice. Yeah, I uh, still don't know if I'll ever watch it. Yeah, It's fine, I understand. After The Last Jedi, the Star Wars as a property was officially killed in mm -hmm. most people's minds. Yeah, in my mind for sure. Mm -hmm. I still, my, my phone still thinks, like based off of my Google searches and stuff, that I still care about Star Wars mm -hmm. enough to like feed me like in my RSS feed, like, oh look, a new article about like rumors and leaks about Star Wars Episode Nine, and I was like... Who gives a fuck? Generally no speaking, fuck. generally speaking, like on on YouTube, 
and stuff. Like I like watching videos of people who I disagree with on anything, whether it's politics or movies or whatever. Like I actually get off on like listening <laughs> to people who I disagree with just because it's good um, mental exercise to like pick apart why I disagree. But with like the Last Jedi, I remember there was just with all, I rem- the other day so a guy who I like who I generally agree with uh, a movie guy on YouTube posted like here's the five reasons why the last jedi is great and i i had hit an interesting turning point where i just didn't click on the video because i'm like i just i don't have the mental energy anymore to just try and pretend or to 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 tolerate this any longer like nothing nothing no argument can be made to fix that and uh i i've been i've seen a lot of things like oh uh like the, the toxic fan bases and like mm. listen I, I understand the the people who are like trolling uh was it kelly marie tran is that her name yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. the people who are like trolling kelly marie tran about her character being terrible and the movie being terrible mm. it's like not her fucking fault man yeah, like yeah. like you're 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 being angry at the wrong part of this. Possibly like, at the same time, she got paid a lot of money for that, so <laughs> she can take it. Well, no, listen, I mean, I'm not saying that's what the I, price you pay. I don't know if it's. I don't listen. I'm not going to agree with that. I do not endorse that sentiment. Armin, are you saying that online abuse of women is okay? Is that what you're I saying? I do Armin? not. I do not. Endorse Chase five hundred four does not agree with this message. One hundred percent. No, I. I just feel like I feel like it's not toxic fandom to think that that movie was fucking well, that's garbage sh- yeah that's the shitty part is it like that's it's, that's the shitty part is that those arguments get so polarized so quickly that all of a sudden like like the people who are predisposed to liking it like it the people who don't don't and they are each polarized to such extremes that now it's the kind of you're in that weird position where you can say i don't agree with anyone on either side of this argument but neither of those things make Last Jedi a good movie like I was uh, like Paul who uh, Gandersman who we've we, used, we all were used to work with who is a, a Last Jedi fan you know he's like oh you're gonna side with all oh, we were talking about this the other day kind of some playful Last Jedi banter he's gonna side with all those uh, MAGA hat wearing Trump supporters over on the other side of the people who don't like Last Jedi he's like I, I don't like the people who, 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 who don't like Last Jedi but that does not make Last Jedi a good movie so <laughs> I think yeah, the, but the political things tacked onto it are a bit of a sideline there because yeah. yes, I'd say the people, more so the people who do like it more so are motivated, kind of have to be motivated. Maybe Paul's different, almost exclusively by political things because mm. otherwise, how could you say you like yeah. it <laughs> other than <laughs> other right. than other than but the diversities. Right. You know, so mm, we yeah. have, I I feel duty bound to like it. I'm they chase had, on this. Yeah. They had Leia flying through outer space <laughs> and nothing was ever fucking said about it. She just gained the ability to not suffocate. But that shit I don't mind. That shit I honestly that's like. Sh- that's the only thing I mind. You know, <laughs> that shit I don't mind as much. It was so comical. She just goes, what sucks what what sucks is like what sucks though is that like when the people on the hating side go go went hard at the movie it caused the people who uh originally took the position a powerful psychological mechanism is the desire to continue to think the way in which you have established to the rest of the world that you already think that is something that can be exploited and taken advantage of in people by uh if you've ever written read uh, what is it robert cialdini's book influence he talks about that if you can come get someone to commit to something uh, to an idea something in principle in some subtle form then they can mm. go and agree to it in a more extreme form later on because they it is a strong 
compulsion we feel to continue to act in a way yes. that is in accordance with the way we've already acted. For example, that's this is sales. an actual yes, that is very much, and it's something that's exploited by salespeople. For instance, they have tested this before. They went around and asked a bunch of people, hey, can we put a giant 10-foot sign in your front yard that says, uh, hey, be sure to buckle your seatbelts. And everyone was like, fuck no, you can't put up a 10-foot sign in my yard that says that. So then what they did instead was they went around and asked people if they could put like a small like like two foot tall sign that says make sure to buckle up your seat belts or something in people's front yards and they got you know like something like you know 50% compliance or something like that for that then they revisited those same people a month later and said hey here are the new signs can we put this sign in and the new sign was like a giant obnoxious <laughs> 10 foot sign and it went from 0% compliance from by starting with the, the that with the large sign to suddenly went to some absurd number like 40% compliance like for, it means like for like 4 out of 10 people agreed to have a huge obnoxious sign put in the yard for no other reason than they didn't they didn't want to feel hypocritical or didn't want to feel like they were reversing a position that they had already committed to now if you look at the last jedi i think a lot of people like came out and stated that they liked the movie and then everyone piled on and talked about how, all the flaws in the movie, or said it was a great movie, or whatever. Out of the, the the being intoxicated by, oh, it's Star Wars, it's this and that, it's Ryan Johnson, it's you know, it's whatever, whatever the fuck. Now, because the other side has polarized so strongly, they have not only remained consistent, but in order to justify the consistency of that position, they have doubled down. And I have seen more and more articles coming out that say, that say like, years from now, we're going to look back and realize that The Last Jedi is the greatest of all the Star Wars films. <laughs> I've, I swear to fucking God. And I'm just right and, because and, we lose all other Star Wars films yeah. in the great riots of 2095. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think there's any, and this is coming from like reasonably intelligent, filmy people who are saying these kind of things. And it really is that bizarre like desire to confirm the way you're already thinking. Because no one who is, and I'm not talking about like just you know your average film group. People will have all, but I'm, no one can look at you know the the Poe Holdo sequence and not like like through line and not think that it's at least a pretty clumsy no one can look at the casino through like section and think that it's at least pretty goddamn clumsy no one can look I don't think at any of the scenes between Ray and Luke and say that they are essentially just uh, uh, unmemorable at best you know and that's what the the film is it has its moments but it's basically an accumulation of a pretty one this really clumsy sequence a really clumsy through line and an utterly unforgettable di- utterly forgettable dynamic between Ray and Luke and so at the end of the day it's an utterly forgettable movie and yet <laughs> I am having to on the reg over the course of the past year fucking see people claiming you know in a way it's actually better than the original Star Wars and I'm just like just fucking chill relax everybody it's okay to say you know what when it came out i was excited and now i realize i might have made a mistake yeah i'm you know what i'm gonna take umbrage to the fact kyle that you don't recall all the slapstick gags Mm. involved in ray and luke's training oh yes such as the the rock falling down and breaking (laughs) the the Penguin's That's good cart. though. I like that. I actually like that. Such I, as Luke yeah. sucking green milk <laughs> straight <laughs> out again. Titty. And I will point this. I will say. I will go down the line. I will go down the line and say, 
all the things that many people object to about The Last Jedi on the side of people who don't like it, I most of the things I honestly don't have a problem with. Like like all this, this the humor stuff, that could totally work. Luke not being Luke, I don't give a shit. Like fucking make him cast a black guy instead and make him Luke Skywalker. I don't care. Why I don't care. Yeah. Mace Windu is yes. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, d- I honestly don't I honestly don't give a shit about what Star Wars was versus what it could be because you can do anything, change anything you want, and it's cool. And that honestly that gag where that rock crushes that card, that's funny. I like that. Put more of that shit in there. But it's just the fact that it felt like a clumsy first draft of a movie that didn't amount to much. That's the issue, you know? And then all this other surface-level shit that people are pointing out, it's insignificant. We've never once seen a scene in Star Wars... I haven't seen Solo, so maybe it happens in Solo, of someone lighting a lightsaber and waving it around like it's a dick. Oh, man! Why not? That happens right in the middle. That's the first thing that I would do with the lightsaber. Spaceballs. Spaceballs at the Schwartz. You know, it makes sense. makes total sense. But, but, you know... Is bigger than yours. Yeah, I just, I just. Your Schwartz no is one, as big as mine. no one has been like. I mean, God knows, I've done that with a lightsaber before. Yeah. But come on. Anyway, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think, uh, th- my, my thought process, uh, in a lot of ways, reflects how little I give a shit about Star Wars and the Last Jedi at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you were talking about how people are like really focused on it. Um, and are like doubling down on their positions. All I could think of, wouldn't it be really cool if it had followed the alien aliens naming format and it was Star War followed by Star Wars? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, that would have been so cool if like Terminator and then instead of Judgment Day, it was Terminators. Yeah. You know, it was Star Wars <laughs> right from the beginning, right? Yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Wouldn't it be interesting if the first Star Wars movie that came out was Star War and then the sequel was Star Wars? Why are you talking like this now? <laughs> I, just, I just feel like I feel like that's the only entertainment I can get out of thinking yeah. about Star Wars at this moment. Yeah. Mm. That's it. That's the only that's the only thing that can that can really rev me up for yeah. that Star Wars universe. Well, there he goes again, licking his butthole. Get Chase, it, Sonny. Stop it. <laughs> You're my boy, Sonny. You do that. Yeah. All right, let's go to let's go to call it. That's enough All for right. today. That's good for today. I am uh, at Mr. Kyle Bogart on the most sensual Instagram account on the internet. I am at Cliff Bogart on an Instagram account. Uh, I'm at Chase Five Hundred Four on an Instagram account as well. And I am at Arm and Hammer TV, and I'm watching my dog joyfully lick his own butthole, very aggressively. So uh, thank you so much, everybody, for watching, and we'll catch you next week. Later. Later. Mm.